before we dive into this week's episode, we wanted to give a shout out to one of our listeners who left us an iTunes review. So thank you, listener. Yes, this one is from Sikkim84. Self-improvement success. Informative, humorous, and spot on with life, Brooke and Farron give me the steps to improve everyday work, hobbies, and day-to-day productivity. I've become more efficient in planning and follow through, and I'm more accomplished. Their banter and real-life conversation is uplifting and encouraging. This podcast helps me know that I'm not alone in struggles, and I have this community to connect with to keep me motivated. No, I love that. The community part, too. We're big on that. Yes. It's good to know it's not just you and I recording these episodes. (laughs) Yes, so thank you, Sikkim84, and we appreciate your review. If you guys want the chance to have your review read on our newest, latest, greatest episode, make sure you go to your Apple Podcasts app and scroll all the way to the bottom. Give us five stars and give us the greatest review ever. Can't wait to shout y'all out. Welcome to the Witty and Gritty Podcast, where we believe that lifelong learning and relentless determination are essential to developing your passions and reaching your goals. Here to help you along the way are the hosts of the show. Take it away, ladies. Hey, y'all. I'm Brooke. And I'm Farron. As educators and high achievers, we're passionate about providing our listeners with effective strategies to help navigate life's obstacles and reach your goals sooner. Join us as we break down credible research that gives you a fresh perspective and challenges your limiting beliefs. Laugh and grow as we share personal anecdotes and interviews from people that have demonstrated what it takes to be successful. By implementing these practices, you will develop your unique skill set and learn how to better serve your community. Get your mind right. And enjoy this time designed just for you. Episode 76. This is the actual last part of our mini-series, our Enneagram 200 level. I feel accomplished and sad all at the same time. <laughs> it was so good. It's been fun. It's been a good kick to fall, kick off to fall. Yes, but we have more in store for our audience. But before we get there, let's check out the last interview with Callie. Yes, so this is part three of Callie Ammon's interview. She is an Enneagram life coach, which is really cool. So if you want to know more about that, we have her her website linked into the show notes. But we finish up the triad. So we have five, six, and seven. And that is the head thinking triad. And we're going to talk about those subtypes. Let's get it. Okay, type five. So this is my husband's type. And we're actually still trying to nail down his his subtype. He's like really battling with it. And I'm like, that's okay. Take your time. Like it, it takes time to figure out. So the self-preservation five is called the castle and their primary focus is on creating a safe place for themselves, which is going to be really going introverted. Like they are like, I want to retreat to my castle. That's why it's called castle is to protect themselves. And they feel a strong need to really control their privacy. Um, and I think of my husband, so he's actually a YouTuber, has a ton of eyes on him every single day. And it's fun because it's like you're a type five like what in the world but he does feel this need of like creating privacy for himself like I don't think any of his subscribers know we're pregnant like he's really cautious of what I post and I'm okay with that like I respect it for him but he he feels this need to like make sure that he's safe and private so that he feels secure which is so fascinating to me how fives do that I think it's um awesome because then it makes me trust him that much more but 
So that's what a castle does, the self-preservation five. Then a social five, this is one that can be mistyped as nines often because you start to see this outgoing person. And subconsciously, we think of fives as like super introverted, right? Like you don't think of someone outgoing. Um, This is called the totem. And what it is, is they are the most extroverted of the type fives, but they're going to seek to relate with people deeply. And so they're going to connect with them. Even if it is draining to some extent, they're going to be able to have a conversation, ask questions, sit there, look excited, um, and really connect with people where people externally aren't going to think like, wow, they're awkward with people. Like you don't even recognize it. And so social type fives are probably the most common mistypes for fives because of that aspect of like the introverted of what you naturally think of. So then the one, it's very interesting that you said they look excited. (laughs) They have to think about looking excited. They're not really excited, but I I care about you. Therefore, I'm going to look excited so that you're excited. I know the right face to make. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And that's where Kramer relates with this one. Like when I was kind of explaining in social settings, it's interesting though, because it's like, he looks excited and he, he cares about the people. He is excited, but there is that point where it's like, it's still draining (laughs) and he's still like, I still need a retreat. Um, and so, yeah, you're, and you'll also see that individual, um, that subtype is going to start sharing more of their values and ideas and opinions where some type fives are very quiet about that. Like the self-preservation five isn't going to share their idea or opinion unless someone's like, Hey, tell me your opinion about this. Then they'll speak up. Okay, the one-to-one five. So this is uh, confidence is what their name is. And what we're going to see is a much more like blunt personality. So they already are connected to the type eight in their health and unhealth growth paths. And what we're going to see is they have a very like vibrant inner life. They feel very alive. They have passions. They have ideas. And so this will start to come out in conversations, one-to-one conversations with other people. And you're going to start to hear this like blunt side of just like, oh my gosh, like I didn't think they had an opinion, but all of a sudden they're giving it and they've as a five like they've thought through the ins and outs of all of it um gosh I just think of one of my friends who's a type five she's a one-to-one there's just things that she's like problem solved through that I'm like who thinks of that like how do you think of that but she has like she's taken the time to problem solve the whole world and it's amazing so those are the type fives okay we got type six and type seven left so type six you guys know a lot of type sixes in your life sister-in-law is a six Okay. Awesome. Type six is the last I heard are still like the most popular type in America. But again, I'm like, could be mistypes. Um, but for the longest time, I personally did not know very many sixes. So I'm like, where are all these sixes at that they're talking about? They're supposed to be everywhere. Where are they? <laughs> exactly. So the self-preservation six is called the warmth. And this individual, they really desire friendship and they desire connection and security in those relationships. So the self-preservation part is coming out through creating alliances for them. So they're like, if I have all these people making decisions with me, helping me live my life, then I'm secure, then I'm safe. And if something goes wrong, it's not on me. It's on the whole group. And so what they do is that's what is creating security in their environment for them is really bringing people into that and creating essentially these alliances where it's like, there's this connectedness and it's a group effort in everything. 
Now, the social six, so this is duty, is their name. And what they're going to focus on is obeying the rules and doing things correctly. So sometimes type ones and type sixes can mistype as each other. This plays into it because they're so like prestigious. They're like, if I do the right thing here, if I talk to this person, it's going to help me have good social standing. And they're going to feel, they're going to feel qualified for the person they're trying to impress, for the person they're trying to win respect, um, or even in like their career, their family environments whatever it is. Now the one to one six, their, their name is strength or beauty. And this individual wants to really prepare themselves physically and mentally for everything. So we already know sixes think through worst case scenarios subconsciously to protect themselves, but this is coming out even more where they're like, if they need to be physically fit for something that traumatic could happen to them that they're like scared of they're going to prepare for that they're going to make sure mentally they've done the work to prepare for something that's intense that could arise and this individual is more intense they have an intense focus to improve their life and their energy towards whatever it is they want to thrive in um they tend to be more bold with relationships as well they really like to show their strength and they will use bravery to cover up their fear oftentimes so they still are experiencing that fear but they're going to come across as like super brave, but it's this cover up of like, if I look courageous, then, then we're going to be okay. Oh, I think, I feel like she might be the first one. Okay. Self-preservation. <laughs> Tell me, Stephanie. Tell me what <laughs> <laughs> you think. I could be way off. Okay. Type seven. So I'm interested to see which one will connect with your mom. Cause you said she's a seven. So we'll. Jeannie's going to hear it. <laughs> All right. And last that long. Your dad's attention spans a little short. <laughs> <laughs> sevens are so great. I think sevens are the types that I'm still working on understanding deeper. Like how you guys said you're trying to understand twos a little bit. Sevens are like the number I'm like really trying to get, which is interesting because threes and sevens have a lot of similarities, but sometimes I'm just like, get focused. Like, let's get stuff going. <laughs> I love them though. I have so many friends that are sevens. Okay. So a self-preservation seven is called keepers of the castle. And this individual really, really focuses on being like cheerful, talkative, and creating an upbeat environment. They take that on as their responsibility, whether they're by themselves or in a group setting, because it's creating the security. It makes them feel safe where it's like, well, if we're all positive and we're all having a great time, then the environment feels safe. It feels warm and it feels inviting. And so their lifestyle tends to be more self-indulgent because of this. And you're really going to see that they tend to admire other people, but through this form of charming people. So they're really good at working a crowd. This is where you can see type threes and sevens are mistyped is because of this, almost like sevens can put on this persona for the sake of like being the life of the party, really connecting with people. So that's where, that's where we're going to see um, that behavior. So then the social type seven, again, this makes me think of the two where it's like a social type two or social type seven is like extreme um, where their name is sacrifice. And what we're going to see is they desire to sacrifice their own needs in order to win the approval of other people. So sometimes sevens do struggle to get over themselves, like to take responsibility in that average to unhealthy living. But in the social subtype, they're, they're willing to sacrifice anything for the sake of the group, for the people to win that approval. And so they really care to um, show their authority, to assert their authority, to do what it takes to look positive, to win that um, positive look in other people's eyes. 
Um, the gluttony, that's something that they tend to struggle with. Their core sin is gluttony. And so for the social seven, we can see this going extreme, which could be in anything. It's just this obsessive and impulsive behavior that again, it's like, well, if this makes me successive socially, then I'm going to do whatever it takes to go extreme. I think of uh, one of my brother-in-laws who he's like grown so much and matured a lot, but just, I don't know, like his friends would be like, jump off of that roof. And it's like, okay, like if it makes me look socially acceptable, like he would do the craziest things and like put his life at risk. But, and that's that sacrifice piece coming out is like it, whatever it takes to be socially accepted, like you got it, I'll do it. Is your mom like that? Yes. So she definitely, uh, the environment thing speaks to me because it's not enough if she's having a good time. And this is where I feel like the seven wing eight uh-huh. comes out. Like you yeah. will have a good time. You will <laughs> yeah. get out on the dance floor. Yes. I'm going, awesome. And then, you know, quick to, I'll do anything to make sure you're having a good time. So like yes. Yeah. So fascinating. It's just so cool to see how different all of us are, like the whole range. Now, when you look at like almost 27 times, it's like, good Lord, (laughs) there's a lot. Okay. So the last one is type seven, the one-to-one, which is called suggestibility. And what we're going to see is this individual is actually more naive. They're a little bit more gullible and they can be persuaded. And so sometimes people like to take advantage of that. Um, They can be confident, they're enthusiastic, and they can be more lighthearted and they love focusing on the existing possibilities in their life. So they're more present focused, um, present, like, yes, they can still dip into the future. I don't know if you guys have talked about the time orientations with the different types, but sevens naturally tend to think of the future all the time. But what they'll think of is like, currently, this is the circumstance I'm in and what are the possibilities? And they love entertaining those thoughts. So that one-to-one connection, that intensity, that desire, they really apply that to their life of like, what possibilities can I achieve? Like, what can I put my energy towards to make happen? Um, And of course, they still love connecting with people. That's the biggest thing to remember is like with all of the subtypes, still keep in mind like that core motivation for each type. And it's just like you're slapping this subtype on top of that core motivation. So that energy just might be spent a little bit different and tweaked in different ways. But yeah, we're gonna see the seven really dreaming and putting possibilities into a reality for themselves. Yes, I got invited to four parties this Saturday night. How can I go to all of them? <laughs> yeah, but she will find a way. She'll find a way to like, yes, everybody come to my house instead. It'll, it'll happen. <laughs> if I can't go to all of them, how can we make it five events instead of four? Yes. Sounds of me. Yeah. It makes me think of family members too, that I have that are sevens that do that. And it's true. And the, or they're like texting all the friends all at once. Yeah oh, we could just go here really quick and do this. And I'm like, that sounds exhausting. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Will you say one more time, the three differences in the subtypes for generally speaking with the numbers? Absolutely. So in general, self-preservation, they're really focused on their environment, making sure they're safe. I use that party analogy of like, where's the food? Where's the drinks? Where's the bathroom? They're focused on comfort, where the social is going to be focused on winning that respect of the most important person in the room. And remember, that can be like what that individual defines as the most important person, right? Like all of us might be trying to win the approval of someone different, but that's what their focus and attention is on. They're like locked in on that one person. And then the one-to-one subtype is more focused on intensity, adrenaline. They like high excitement. And so they can get that from conversations with people. 
they can get that from doing something kind of crazy, like jumping off of a roof. (laughs) Um, Just things that make them feel alive and they're a little bit more edgy of an individual. I love it. I like how you were able to articulate it so well that everyone can understand, especially someone who's never heard about subtypes or this is the first time we're putting it on our podcast. So you have been extremely helpful. Yes. Good. (laughs) Good. Brain melting. Do you want to ask your last question? Oh, so I have the famous last question. (laughs) No, I just like to give the people we interview a chance at the end. If there's any closing thought or one thing that you just really want the listeners to hear today, whether it's about subtypes or Enneagram in general and how you can improve your life, like life coaching, just any big takeaway. Yeah, I love that you asked that. And I think the biggest thing is like, as as you guys are listening to this episode and thinking about yourself and the Enneagram and applying it, it's so easy to use tools like this to kind of weaponize against other people, to put people down, to make fun of their personality or um, to really focus on like how other people need to grow. But I think the most important thing is for us to take a humble approach and to be like, wait, how can I take ownership in my life and learn myself better and really take that before the Lord so that we are applying this and not just like hearing this information, but not using it. And the more we focus on improving our life, the better we are going to be able to help and serve other people around us. But if we're so focused on nitpicking other people and kind of picking apart personalities, it's not going to lead us or them to growth. And I think like that's my favorite work to do with the Enneagram is to help people see transformation, but the worst is seeing the opposite and seeing people put others down because it's so vulnerable. Like we all just kind of talked through areas that it's like, there's some ugly parts of the three that like I can get caught up in and it's not fun to have to put that out there. And so when you think of all of us going through this growth journey together, it's a vulnerable theme. And it's not something to condemn or put people down, but it's a way to take ownership in our life, to take it before the Lord, most importantly, so that we can experience growth and become more like Jesus. So that's what I would encourage you to do and just enjoy the process. It's not this hurry, get your number. And then like you figured out the Enneagram, like, I hope you do this deep work until you die, (laughs) like that we become more like Jesus every single day and continue to grow. Because even me as a coach, it's like, I have just as much work to do as my clients are doing too. It's this process together to keep growing. And so that's what I would leave you guys with. Oh, that's perfect. That was awesome. Yeah. Okay. So where can people find you? How do they connect? What courses do you offer? What are some things that they can have from you? Because they're going to want more. We need more Cali. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the best place I hang out on Instagram quite a bit. So you can find me at Cali Ammons on Instagram. And then I also have a podcast called Living Enneagram, which we talk about the Enneagram every single week. And then if you go to CaliAmmons.com, you can find literally every single thing that I offer on my website. But my good friend, Audrey Bailey, and I have a course that we created this past summer called Enneagram and Art. And it's actually coming out November 30th and it's going to be open for a week. And what this course is, is we take you through figuring out your type health, unhealth, what you look like, the wings. We go even deeper into the subtypes. And it's so cool because Audrey, you guys have seen her work. She's an incredible artist. And so she literally draws to my voice, like everything I'm teaching. So it's like you're watching a cartoon, which is the coolest thing ever because hearing all this Enneagram knowledge, it's like, oh my gosh, it can kind of be confusing and overwhelming. But when you see it with pictures, it helps you understand like, oh, that's what it is. It's like watching a movie. And so we have that course opening up, which is perfect for the person who wants to get unstuck in their life and just experience more freedom. 
Perfect. And that, that makes our teacher hearts happy. We're like, yes, visuals everywhere. (laughs) I bet (laughs) everybody needs it. And Audrey is brush and barley. Yep. Exactly. You find those people, follow them, do all those things and grow in the Enneagram. Well, thank you so much for coming again. We've learned, I mean, so much. I'm going to listen to this one a few times, (laughs) which is, I knew we didn't into three parts because brains are going to melt from all yeah, awesomeness. Yeah, it's a lot. Well, thank you so much for having me, ladies. Like, it was so fun to talk with you, and I'm so excited to connect with you guys. Farron, that's it. That's the Enneagram miniseries. Man, where's the confetti cannon when you need one? Right here. Awesome. <laughs> it's raining confetti if you can't see it. I know some of our audience is going to want more of Callie, and maybe we'll have her back someday. I sure hope so. But remember, please check out all her info in the show notes, links to follow her on Instagram and see her website so you can keep up with Callie and we will too. Yes. Okay. Tune in to our next mini series. We actually are going to go and do a book promo series featuring three authors. We like books around here. Books, books, books. (laughs) I like big books and I cannot lie. I like small ones. Oh, you know, to each their own. Lots of pictures. That's fun. (laughs) (laughs) What are we talking about? Uh, (laughs) Books. uh, Yes. (laughs) All right. Check it out. We help busy Christians get the growth they want by giving them the tools they need. We love providing our Christian-based personal growth podcast to our listeners at no cost. If you are enjoying the content, please consider supporting our mission by donating to our Patreon. We're a small team creating the show for our community by researching, recording, and producing the episodes ourselves. Any amount is greatly appreciated. Your support will help offset the cost of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you can receive exclusive access. For more details on specific membership tiers, visit our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com forward slash witty and gritty. We've included the link in the show notes. 